Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been so long. So very, very long. Five months is an eternity in the way our lives, our society, and I think the overall time is working. I think because of the power of technology and the type of place we're in as a society, that things that took years now take months and things that took days now take hours. And so I have been gone. And part of it is because of life. And part of it, if I was to be transparent, is because my desire for this podcast is to produce content that is impactful And with that belief, I also want to always be in a place where I can be consistent and accountable. And it was just so much going on in my career and my personal life and just uncovering and unwinding so many things that it just stopped. My last podcast was March the 1st, and this podcast is August the 18th. Now, with that being said, anybody that's listened to my podcast ever before knows that when I do it, I do it right. So therefore, you can be on the lookout for a podcast dropping every Sunday, because that's just what we do. Rain, it's still going to drop. Sleek, it's still going to drop. Things get crazy in work life, it's still going to drop. So if you're listening to this podcast, first thing I want you to do is just go ahead and save it to one of your favorites. Share it with one of your friends. And then give me feedback. Keep me accountable. If I am spitting rhetoric that has no factual foundation, let me know. Or if you agree or disagree with my podcast, again, let me know. This is not just me on my hill talking. This is us as a people beginning to discover. It's like an internal journey. Like we're navigating through life and what we experience, what we begin to grasp and the concepts that we begin to rediscover. So go ahead, tell your friend, tell your significant other, tell your coworker, tell your fellow under the armor or even future under the armor patrons that we are back, we are going to be looking for the why. We are going to be attempting to go beyond the surface level because we want to see the deeper things in life. And therefore, this is Vegas, Mr. 702, and I am back. What's up? This is Vegas, Mr. 702 aka Westside on Minds, and thank you for tuning in to another beautiful 
production of Under the Armour Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, giving me that positive energy and allowing your ears to be tantalized and entertained by my words. So come with me as we once again go under the armor. tell you I am a fuck your feelings fuck how you feel I I just your feelings are so they're so combustible like your feelings are so dangerous like your feelings can create war and mass murder your feelings can have you green with envy plotting on your friend. Like your feelings are so volatile that they have to be kept in check. Like your feelings are so dangerous that we go see people to talk about our feelings. And so I just can't understand how people live life based on feelings. Like there has to be some ethical reason that you do the things you do. Or are we getting to the point where what you feel gives you the right to do what you do? I used to have this doctor when I lived in Denver. Um, And he used to be like, Joshua, you're you're a big black man. He was he was a, a, a white guy. He was like, you're a big African-American man. So I'm going to need you to always be mindful of how you get upset. Like the man literally, we, we would talk about different things, talk about life, talk about, you know, whatever. But like he would literally encourage bigger people to sit down when arguing so they looked less threatening. Like think about that. Like I have to take a seat if I get upset in my feelings so that I can be less threatening because my feelings can produce anger and frustration and disappointment. All these beautiful adjectives that are just so dangerous. Case in point, I know we've all experienced this. And maybe you haven't, and Lord bless you if you have have not. But there are times where you can be so messed up, you know, smoking, drinking, partying, or just tired from work, where you come in, eat or drink something, but you so sleepy that you mess around, fall asleep, without remembering that you had already crushed your your you know your juice that's in the refrigerator. You wake up all refreshed, like yeah, go in the refrigerator to go get the juice. And now you mad because you thought somebody drank your juice. Like you really thought somebody, you know what I'm saying, cracked open your strawberry wine and drunk it. Like you are really upset that somebody got into your strawberry stone press, cold press, watermelon juice. Like you would be so mad. And then, especially if you're in a roommate situation, and then your roommate will come home and you'd be like, man, who drank my juice? And they'll be like, Man, you drank that this morning when you got off on graveyard shift. 
Oh man, you were so messed up last night. You came in here, drunk that, ate two sandwiches, and then went to sleep. And now that feeling of feeling like somebody stole your stuff, somebody drunk your juice, now you feeling embarrassed. Like oftentimes we giggle because we feel like, dang, I was just mad for 35 minutes for something I did to my own self that I ain't remember. Like, think about that. Like, you so mad that you felt like somebody drunk your stuff only for it to be later revealed that you did it yourself. And the only thing you can do is chuckle. Huh, huh, huh. Like, and so like, if that can happen with something as simple as a juice, how do we not discipline our feelings when making decisions? Like we need pure facts. We need best practices. We need information from our ancestors and our forefathers. And though I, I I do take this in a business sense, that when you have the capabilities that we have in the 21st century, where a, a phone is a small computer, where we can access millions and millions of pieces of information, that we have the ability to gain massive amounts of information and then use those to make a best practice or ethical decision. In business, especially in big business, there is no decision that is not made without proper research. If you was to open up a business right now, you're gonna open it up because you feel? Like you're gonna open up a pink collar boutique because that's what you feel because it feels good like that's what you're gonna open up not realizing that the demographic the medium income range is this a a high traffic area or, or is your social media presence good enough like what's the rent what's the return on investment are you investing by yourself like all of these decisions is made before you even put your name on that sign for that business because in business making a ill-informed decision can be a million dollar loss you can lose your whole business based on a decision of your feelings think about that so if in business we use information and facts and research why wouldn't we do that in real life i always tell people this world would be a lot different if everybody treated themselves like a business. A lot of people would be more financially responsible if they treated themselves like a business. A lot of human beings would not make the impulsive, rash, unethical, irresponsible decisions that they make if they treated themselves as a business entity, believing that they could not be a high risk because that would be bad for business. Now, don't get me wrong. I just went on a seven minute rant about feelings and how I, I think facts are over them, but you need feelings. You don't want to turn into a robot. Like you got to feel something. You do, you do. So I don't want to, I don't want nobody up in there in the world saying that I'm saying that I don't, I don't have feelings. I have a lot of feelings. I'm, I'm actually at the age of 32, 
getting to understand my feelings more and more like really processing identifying um you know over the last couple of years I've, I've been going to counseling quite often and that's just been a, a major breakthrough in itself however my feelings must bend to my will meaning that even though i feel feelings i still have a ethical guideline based upon knowledge insight information and statistics that i go by and that even if i feel something i can identify that feeling i can respect that feeling but there needs to be a further investigation because i can't live life in a foundation based upon feelings like i often say if, if i really felt mad like if i really 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 got mad and did what i felt could i be on this podcast like would i get away with just being a unhinged ranging raging african-american man in america probably gonna get shot at the least i'm going to jail so i can't afford it because i'm fat and i like to eat i don't want nobody giving me no cold peanut butter and jelly sandwich but that's neither here nor there we as a society are becoming so hypersensitive where ancient practices and traditions based upon history and knowledge and insight are going by the wayside and we are replacing them with feelings for the moment making critical decisions without any counsel or any understanding becoming a generation of people that does not even look back and learn the lessons so we don't have to experience the same demise that those before us have like are we so in touch with our feelings that we have lost a respect for our history and understanding that we can avoid certain things if we just discipline ourselves like no matter the religion that you practice every religion preaches self-discipline and we must master our mind so that it is not run free and i think that running free is that emotional spectrum that that emotional specter like like imagine getting so mad at your significant other that you kill them like that's becoming more common like people are getting so mad at one another that they are killing like an act of rage not because you know something bad happened or something done that was deserving of death like no like like y'all been arguing for the last 30 days and y'all so pissed off at each other that seeing a, seeing the other one not on this earth no more is worth it like is it like is it worth it that somebody took out their partner now their child has to live on this earth with a parent that's dead and another parent that's probably going to be in the system so now you put them in the system because you couldn't get your feelings in check and you ran with your feelings 
instead of realizing the fact that your child needed both of y'all just to have an opportunity of making it in this earth. So yeah, facts over feelings. What's a date? What is a date? I mean, like, we are sitting in 2022, going into 2023. And I think the discord and the back and forth in relationships and trying to even create relationships is just so very fascinating. You have so many podcasts and content that's being spilled into the masses, the TikTok, the YouTube, the Twitter. And I'm just kind of confused on what is a date. As a 32-year-old Black man, I have been single for a little time now. And so in my efforts to find female companionship, this is one of the things that I have to encounter. And I'm starting to just think, what is a date? So because like, if we if we really look at it, like if we really, really, like if we really, really, really look at it, a date by definition is a form of courtship. And I like that word because I think that you court before you date. Like, like, how can I make a declaration that you're my girlfriend if I don't even know that I like you? So I think the initial step is that courtship. And within that courtship, you're supposed to do several social activities. Now, I like the word social activity because it really unlocks a endless possibility of things that we're doing that is done by a couple, you know, we can double date so we can go with a group or we could just be more intimate and date one plus one. When you look at it in its true essence, a date is an activity done by two people who have a romantic and or sexual, maybe even intellectual, but then you can go on a date with your friend. So romance doesn't even have to be involved with a date. So once again, what is a date? I think one of the biggest things that has really affected what a date is, is online dating. Like you have to look at it. According to Statistical Digital Market Outlook, online dating has reached or will reach by the end of 2022, 40, 413 million active users. These are not bots. These are literally people every day that's swiping left and swiping right. Tinder, Bumble, Hot or Not, all type of things. And Facebook dating, uh, 
black. Um, and then, you know, you got the specialties like Christian Mingle. And I'm pretty sure they have a, a special dating website for, you know, Latin speaking people and Jewish people and Muslim people. And I think late at night on ESPN, they used to run uh, ads for like AmishPeopleDating.com. So like everybody got a dating website. Elite people got a dating website. So 413 million active users worldwide by the end of 2022. Now, the, the online dating sphere to me, is date number one. Now, why do I say that? Because it used to be you found somebody attractive in the grocery market, like, hey, ma, I see you over there with them nectarines. Those nectarines look nice and juicy. Um, Do you come to the supermarket often? And then she would be like, yeah, I come to the supermarket. This is the one I shop at. They have the best cuts of meat. And then you would walk around the store, flirting, conversating. And then when she checked out, you would be like, hey, can I get your number? Real smooth like. And if you were successful and she let you, you get her number. Now, after that, you would talk on the phone, you know, sharing different things, communicating. And then the date would be the next time that you actually seen that person, but that was the first time you seen them with an interest. Get what I'm saying? The first time you seen them, they sparked something that made you want to get their number. After the second time, because usually a date happens within seven to 14 days, give or take. So after that, you spent a little time talking on the phone and you've become comfortable enough to want to take them out. You want to spend time in person with them because the conversation on the phone was delightful. Now, because we do so much online dating, I think that, and I feel like that conversation is now done online. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? How is your day going? What is currently on your mind? Is a typical online greeting. And in this online greeting, you're already introducing yourself and creating that conversational piece. Now, I don't know what the statistics are, and I should have looked them up. I I just now thought of this. I would really be interested in how many messages it takes for a person to send back and forth before they exchange phone numbers. Because I know like some people have it to where they won't exchange messages until after the third day or whatever it may be. And I understand, listen, listen, I have a lot of sympathy and empathy for women because some of the stuff that I hear that y'all deal with on these online dating sites is ridiculous. Like, you know, just the way that y'all are talked to and things like that. So I, I definitely understand it. However, going back to the dating standpoint, I believe that most women, because they do vet online, has had a first initial date with a man virtually. And then you have that date in person. Now, I will say this. I think dates in present society are becoming a wee bit like a battle. And you got to think about it like this. The average date in America costs $97.67. And we already have admitted, and we already know this to be fact, 
that we are literally going through an economical crisis. So you have to think, and this goes for just the courtesy of everything. There are people out there that literally post TikTok and other social media footage literally using gentlemen after gentlemen after gentlemen for a date. So if she went on three dates, she has spent a grand total, or those those gentlemen in combination have spent a grand total of $300 in one day. I just think that's very, very interesting. Now, me personally, I'm not about to take you on no $100 date when I first meet you. I don't think it's worth it. I don't feel like there should be a financial connection to our initial date. Just like I don't feel like the first date should be Netflix and chill. I don't have any problem believing in both. It is a duality. I believe that the initial date should be something where y'all actually are doing activities. Like I hate to sit down and eat dinner first date. Like, no, like I'm about to literally just talk to you and then watch you eat and then watch you try to talk as you eat. So now I got to look at the fact that I don't like the fact that you eat fettuccine Alfredo weird or you eat chicken wings with a knife and fork. Like eating is not the most romantic thing. I'm just saying like, have you ever just looked at somebody's mouth as they chew? There go point there. Then on top of that, everybody doesn't have the same appreciation of taste and flavor there are many high-end restaurants that i think are just trash like you know i am a kitchen daddy and like i throw down in the kitchen and i like big portions i am a six foot four 245 pound african-american male that is quite active i'm not about to eat an appetizer it's not what i'm gonna do plus at the end of the day like if i gotta put on pants it better be important like, that's all I'm saying. If I got to put on pants, it better be important. And that's neither here nor there. So what I believe a date is, is anything two people can have an enjoyable time with. So we could be bicycling. We could be hiking. We could be picnicking. We could attend a sports event. We could do something as, like, um, I really, really think it could be anything. And then, like, think about it. Like, if you and your partner... Are you and the girl that you like? Are you and this guy that you're interested in are sitting at your house and you're just sipping wine? He's doing some work. You're prepping for the week ahead. You're eating. Food was prepared. Is that not a date? Like y'all are literally in the same space because date to me is just a subcategory for quality time. Because if both of y'all are spending quality time together, Shouldn't that be a date? So if you are planning your week on your computer and he is doing his work for his job on his computer and y'all are sipping wine and he's rubbing your butt, is that not an enjoyable time? I'm just trying to figure out what is a date because I just don't know anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. However, I just need you to do one thing. Like, share, and subscribe. If you're trying to reach me personally, you can go ahead and hit me up on Instagram or Snapchat, Vegas, Mr. 702. Or if you're just trying to follow the podcast, please 
Under the Armor Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. Under the Armor 89 on Twitter. Or if you want to get directly to me, you can use the anchor and you can look up Under the Armor. Please like, share, and subscribe. to eat an elephant beetle first thing every day. I aim to eat an elephant's beetle first thing every day. When I was in basic training, we kind of said it a little different. We used to say, wake up and enjoy the suck. I mean, there's so many different YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, face this, face that. There, there are so many different inspirational things, but they, they pretty much all feel the same. Like, wake up, get motivated, get shit done. Now, that's a great five-second statement in theory. However, if we were to be honest, and I don't know why, and I'm trying to figure it out, which is why I made this one of the podcast topics for this week. But why do we struggle to do the hardest, least desirable, yet most critical task immediately upon waking up our eyes? Like, These tasks carry so much weight that we all know that they should be done. Like, why do we actively avoid taking care of business? Now, I know we've all done this, especially if you've been to college. Work is due on Sunday at 11.59. But you got a syllabus four weeks ago. And on Monday, when you logged in, you seen the lesson plan of the week. You probably did your discussion question. But why didn't you start working on that paper? Why is it you didn't work on it on Monday, then work on it on Tuesday, Wednesday, you had busy, Thursday was crazy. And Friday, you went to happy hour with your friends. And now it is Saturday. Going on Sunday. And you need to write 12 pages, APA formatted, with 10 peer-reviewed sources in 48 hours. Like, you literally had seven days. But it's not until Saturday that you decide that it is now time to get work done. Why do we do that? And I say we, because I used to be just like that. I've, I mean, just dumb. Then you mess around and get a B when you could have got an A. Why do we wait until the last possible second with work deadlines? Is it the stress? Is it being behind the eight ball? Like, is it Do our backs have to be against the wall? Or is it something like a lack of self-discipline and not having enough discipline 
to do the things that you need to do first so you can have a more enjoyable time. Like if you just get up and do the hardest task of the day as soon as possible, then you have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. And if you get up and you do the hardest task and you don't feel like doing anything else, you've accomplished the most important thing. Like where does this lack of self-discipline come from? Like, is it like an outside condition such as like attention deficit disorder or hyperactivity? Because I think that because we are on social media so much, because we're on this games, instant, instant, boom, 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 boom. Like there's there's studies that show that children now are having higher concentrations of attention deficit disorder, of not being able to focus. Like Ritalin is the rave now in elementary school because no kid can sit down to learn their multiplications. Like, how do we get to a point where we can't even sit down and read books no more? Books now, like there's companies that literally summarize the book for you. You ain't even gotta read the whole book. How, how Rocco? I'm just saying as an avid book lover, how do we get to the point where somebody is gonna give you the cliff notes of the book and you're supposed to understand that book? Like, where are we going in society where we can't sit down and read a book? And is that in direct correlation with the fact that we cannot sit down and focus in school and in the workplace? And does that have an impact on our ability to be successful within life? Now, or is it another condition such as the fear of actually completing a task? Like, are we so afraid of this task that we are afraid to complete it? Like, are we so afraid to get it done and then it be wrong? And then we only wait, want to wait until the last second. That means if it's wrong, we don't have to go back and fix it. But would that be reverse thinking? Because if I can complete it on Tuesday and I can get somebody to look over it and they can give me positive feedback, I can take Wednesday and Thursday to enhance what I've already created. So it's like, where did we start procrastinating out of fear? Now, you know me, Mr. 702. I am always human experimenting. So I just can't complain or just can't issue a declaration without having some thoughts myself. I think one of the biggest ways to overcome procrastination is to really, like, really hold yourself accountable. Like, self-discipline is by far so important in life in every aspect in your personal life and your business life and in, in dealing with friends dealing with family even dealing with your significant other like that self-discipline that self-accountability is going to be vital and i think one of the ways you stop procrastination is you really have to put yourself on a list and so like especially with the fact that we got so much technology i'm old school i got a i got a daily binder that I use and I'll write down the things I need to use because I'm gonna be honest with you there is nothing better than at 10 o'clock 
being able to check off three, four things on my daily to-do list and, and feeling like, damn, I got all day to finish these two things. Like you really feel like you, like you feel good. Like it feels good to check them things off and to accomplish things. So that's how I do it. But if you're more of a tech wizard, I suggest using the app to-do list to T-O-D-O-I-S-T and just really combine that self-discipline with just a, a list and, 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 and really gauge it by what's important. Because a lot of things that are need to be done right away are not important. Like you don't need to watch TV. You don't need to check your phone. You don't need to be on Facebook. Like, but you need to get that work done because if not, it will continue to cascade. And it's like small drippings, just dripping over and over again with things that we don't accomplish. And then in the end, you feel overwhelmed and flooded because now you've put yourself under so much pressure that you're about to explode. So every morning, first thing when you wake up, aim to eat an elephant-sized beetle. Thank you for listening to another episode of this podcast. Thank you for allowing my words and my thoughts to occupy space in your brain. Thank you for giving me the time to express myself in an articulate way. However, I must, I must encourage you to be more real, be more human, and be more honest. And please continue to listen because each and every week we shall dive deeper and deeper under the armor.